everybody? Yes, sir. I'm going to talk to you today about the power of prayer. And I think we have probably the greatest illustration of the power of prayer in real time sitting right here on the second row. And Kayla, Kayla Satterley is here with her little baby risen that she's been praying for through her whole pregnancy when they said, we don't know if the baby will make it. We don't know if the baby will survive. And she's here today. This is a mama praying. Come on, Kayla, stand up. Come on, everybody. Let's give the Lord praise for this. Oh, yeah. If you, hey, listen, if you don't know the story, you need to find it out because this is amazing. You know, more has been accomplished uh, through a mama's prayers, I think, in the history of the church probably than anything else. A tenacious prayer, an effectual prayer. And um, in our, our verse that we launched a series of teachings on was in, in, in the beginning of January is this verse in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. I'm going to read it again. We just showed it on the, on the screen, but it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and all kinds of requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep praying for the Lord's people. And then verse 19, Paul goes on. He says, and pray for me also. Pray, pray for me that whenever I speak, words may be given. I love this, that words may be given. That I'm, I'm speaking through the authority of the words given to me by the Holy Spirit. And words may be given so that I may, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel of which he was in chains during this time. This is a powerful verse. We have these incredible exhortations to pray for God's people, to pray for one another, to pray for ourselves, but also to acknowledge. And in this uh, short video that we've been showing, it's like if we could really understand the authority and the power of prayer. We haven't come into the fullness of that yet, but how many of you really feel a stirring in your heart about this very thing? Do you, are, you, are you in agreement with this, everybody? At the men's prayer meeting the other night, some of the guys afterwards like, Pastor, please, can we facilitate more of this? I just want to get together with more of the brothers and pray. And the scripture says to pray for men of God. Paul asked many times in scripture to pray. And we have with us um, some really special guests here today that I want to make sure that we take time and let you hear from. In fact, I'm going to ask Yunusa Jow to come up here today. You, you guys are familiar with Yunusa. Yunusa is from Sierra Leone. He's work, he is the one that's overseeing new generations in Africa. Uh, David Fullerton, Landon, and I were him, with him just this past um, June when we went and visited the work with the Wall-Off uh, that he and his team has been spearheading. We've been investing in this ministry for several years. God's moving in this region that we've been investing in, and I thought it would be good for you guys to get a, a little report. How many of you would like to hear from Yunusa today? My brother. Good morning, CL. Is it on? It's on. It's on. Okay. I didn't hear you, so I will say it again. Good morning, CL family. Okay. I'm very glad to be here. Uh, I came with uh, colleagues, friends. Uh, Harry Brown, I think this is his first time here. Uh, president of New Generations, and then Jerry Trasdell and Rita Trasdell. Uh, we are all, you know, in this uh, uh, work of the Lord. Uh, so I'm glad that uh, this morning I'm not alone. Uh, very quickly, uh, I want to tell you that through the partnership between CLC and New Generation, God is doing great things. Uh, I, I would say it is beyond, what is happening now is beyond my expectation when uh, we started. Glory to God. 
Uh, yes, we see transformation. Uh, uh, CLC has helped a community to have a, a clean water, and that uh, water pump is making a huge difference. Uh, one of the things that I have noticed is the, the school around, uh, now the student, they come to the pump with the <laughs> bottle to get clean water for the whole day. Wow. And this is uh, wonderful. What surprises me, uh, you know, one of the things that we are trying to do is to initiate something that will continue not depending on us. Right. We want to see that multiply. We want to see that replicated. And uh, just a few months ago, we had uh, one of the disciples in one of the uh, church in Kazamas, who is a businessman. So he, by thinking Kazamas in Senegal, and go to Gambia. So his business is between Senegal and Gambia. So he crossed the border. But because he learned that everything you know, he, he gets in the group, he should find people in his network, social network. Not Facebook, real social network. <laughs> uh, to share what he's learning. And in his business, when he go to Gambia, he started sharing. And I think it was in November, he reported that, oh, I have found three persons of peace. Now, uh, the next step is to have a discovery Bible study group. So I think uh, right now there are two that are going on, the discovery Bible study group. And the coordinator there said that he think by uh, maybe the end of this month we'll have at least three Discovery Bible Study groups going on. Praise God. And for me, yes, Praise uh, God. this is wonderful uh, to see something that started in Senegal going to another country. You know, so I think they have a map. So let's, okay. let's put the map up, guys. Okay, so this is Senegal, right, everybody? Uh, you see Casamance, this is this where is the Casamance. team is. And this then is Gambia, the Gambia, they have the same border. Yeah, so with... What he's, I want to make sure you understand. So we began partnering with these guys financially, and they have been raising up leaders to go into villages, find a person of peace, and invite them to do a discovery Bible study with them. Unbelievers, many of them Muslim. And they have said yes, and now God is moving where it has just multiplied from small group to small group, from... Uh, and they've established churches, and now what he's saying is our target was here, but now it's spread over into, into the uh, Gambia also. Aren't you excited about that, everybody, that we're partnering with this? Amen. So, you know, when you meet here every Sunday, uh, yes, you pray, but I want you to know that CLC is having impact, not only here, but in Africa, and it is growing. And I want to praise God for that. Amen. So now the word, we, the word that just said was, um, let's pray for all people. And, you know, just the other night, the kids were praying over the wall-off people, the, the children that were there. And so we've been praying for all people during this time. But the Apostle Paul, who said, pray for me. Now, if I, if I told you this, was, this guy was like the Apostle Paul, he would, be, he would turn red, um, maybe. And... <laughs> And he, because he's, he walks around here about as meek as they come, but if you walk around with him in the field God's called him to, it looks like an apostle is walking around. That there's anointing upon his life, and God is using him powerfully, and I want us to pray for him. So I want Harry and Jerry, if you guys could come on up. Many of you know Jerry Trousdale. He's been ministering here in this area and overseas for quite some time. He's a dear friend. Uh, he also is married to Rita, 
and they recently were married, and so we're glad to have her here for the first time. Harry's the president of New Generations. I was just talking to him. Yeah, let's give the Lord praise for that. He's from California. <laughs> but I didn't bring California with me. But he did not bring California with him, he said. <laughs> We have a bunch of California transplants here, and we welcome you to Tennessee, everybody. We're glad you're here. If you're from California, give me a big glory to God. Okay. So we have an opportunity, you know, uh, I think, because Harry has moved to the Nolensville area, and we're, I'm looking forward. We're going to schedule to have him come back to help us catch even a, a more of a fire for missions and our partnership. But right now, we're going to pray for Yunusa, and, and Jerry's going to lay his hands over him. Jerry, would you just do me a favor, my brother? Would you just pray over him? Yes, yes please. Dear Lord, we thank you for this good and godly yes. man, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that uh, Islam was not able to capture him. Lord, we thank you for the, the, the sacrifices that he has made in his life for the kingdom of God. And Lord, for the blessings that have um, erupted, the blessings yes. that have multiplied and multiplied to uh, multiple uh, people groups in the Sahel and West Africa. Yes. Lord, we thank you for his courage. We thank you, Lord, for his humbleness. We thank you, Lord, that, that he is a man of vision, that, that the end is not in, 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 in his mind at all. That's right. That it's going and going and going, and it will go until um, the kingdom of God is finished yes. in Africa, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for his family. We ask you to cover him with uh, uh, an unction of, of favor, Lord, of health, and of um, his, his whole family being able to um, uh, be joined at the hip in ways that, um, that will multiply more and more and more people. Amen. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' Amen. name. And Father, I pray for these men. Lord, they have had such a great partnership uh, through the years. And Lord, they have been bearing so much fruit. Jesus, like you told your disciples, that you, that we should go forth and bear much fruit. And that fruit, Lord, is people. And we thank you, Lord, for that. And so I bless, Lord, right now, uh, this partnership, the teamwork that they have. Lord, we are gleaning off of it and leaning into it. And we thank you for divine partnerships for the kingdom as we advance, Lord, the kingdom by your uh, leadership. We, we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Everybody, can you give the Lord praise? Come on, everybody. Thank you, men. You want to say something? Okay. Maybe oh. one thing. Okay. It is all God's doing. It is not a man. So please, I would like everyone to stand up. I will count one, two, three. At three, we all shout, praise God. It is him. It is not him. us. Amen. One, two, three. Praise God. God. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Harry. Uh, you know, sometimes whenever a church gathers, you have such a, um, a plan of moving things along and, you know, making sure everything happens uh, in an orderly way and all of that kind of stuff. And we, we plan, uh, but we always rely upon the Holy Spirit. And I think that uh, sometimes the church just needs to pray. Even more than preach, we just need to pray. I mean, that's our first calling. That's our greatest calling. It's our greatest privilege, our greatest honor. And I want to pray some more. Uh, I told you last week uh, that we needed to be praying over Morris Proctor, who is very close friends with Jerry and, um, and Rita and many in this church. And so I'll give you a report. 
the, great, the latest report that we have for Morris, who's been a pastor, was a pastor here with Jerry in town, and now is a key trainer for training ministers, professors, teachers on how um, to study the Bible and present the Word of God accurately. He's been in ICU with pneumonia, lung cancer, and on a vent now for too long. We're praying for him to come off of the vent, for the Lord to deliver and heal him. And just yesterday, I got a report for the first time in just a little while. He's responding to voices. He has, he has moved his feet at a nurse's command. And, and we're praying him off of the vent, everybody. Would you agree in prayer with me right now? Father, we and just stand again. How about that? We just stand and pray. And uh, you know what? The hospital, I'll tell you, I'm not that great with directions, but it's that way. Turn and face that way. Stretch your hands out toward that hospital room. Lord, at Christian Life right now, Lord, we know the most important thing, the most powerful thing we can do is pray. And we pray right now, Lord, for the release of provision from heaven upon Morris. We're asking you, Lord, that you would deliver him from this sickness, deliver him from this crisis. We speak life and health into his lungs. Every cancer cell, we pray that it would die. We pray, Lord, that this would be a day to turn around this man of God, Lord, and bring him off of this sick bed. We are agreeing together in boldness and in faith, Lord, that he will live and not die, and he will complete the work you have called him to. In the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, say, in the name of Jesus, amen. All right, everybody, just continue lifting him up, and we will continue to give you reports. I'll say one other thing since I'm talking to church family. If you sign up for the parking lot and you're a grumpy person, you need to get set free first. Okay, so I'm a pastor, and I want people to enjoy church, and don't you be running them off because you think that you are Barney Fife in charge out there. <laughs> so when we train you and teach you, you know, come on, work together with us, everybody. You know, sometimes people don't like to take instructions these days. It's not your job to beat on their windshield with a, you know, with a flashlight. We're just going to love them and serve. Everybody serve. serve. Say it. Say serve. serve. All right. Okay, you know what? Um, I've been a pastoring over four decades now, and I know I look so young, you can't hardly believe that. But, you know, I can't even tell you how many times in uh, 40 plus years that I have been to an event where there was a meal involved and everybody looks to me and says, will you pray over the food? If you're a pastor, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, can somebody else play, pray over the dang food? I just want to sit down and eat. But I get asked all the time, any kind of event, it's like, will you pray? Will you pray? Will you pray? And you guys know I'm working with this military outdoors organization. And just in December, we were filming a buck show, and I was part of the filming process. And so they're all gathered together. It was so cold. And we were sharing a meal outside. We got a fire that's built outside, and they all got all of their thermal, you know, uh, clothes on and big hats on, and the cook has cooked this food, and it's time to eat, and everybody's tired. It's late in the day, and they're like, okay, they call me chaplain. Chaplain, will you pray? I'm like, sure, I'll pray. I'm used to it. I pray when we start. I pray when we end. I pray over all the meals. I'm there to pray. That's my job. The military people, they got their own assignments. This is my job. It's expected of me. So I prayed. Well, just, I just so happened in this prayer, I felt an unction. Anybody know what an unction is? I felt inspired. I felt like I need to pray. And the Lord put some stuff on my heart, and I really prayed. Man, I, I mean, I, I really prayed. I didn't pray, thank you, Lord, for this event we have together and for this food. Bless it to the nourishment of our bodies. Amen. No, I prayed. I prayed about their problems. I prayed for their wives. I prayed for their families. I prayed, and I'm thinking, I'm praying hard here. I'm really making hay. And after it was all over, nobody said amen. It just got quiet. They put their hats back on. The cook says, well, dang, chaplain, are you going to pray for every problem in the whole United States? Our food's getting cold. 
And I, and, I, and I thought to myself, you know, this is like the extent of, of a lot of our prayer lives. That what, what, we, what we're praying is not really connecting what, with what's going on inside of our heart. It's kind of like, you know, at, at a sporting event when they, when they do that national anthem. They sing the national anthem, you know, and everybody stops, put their hands on their heart. They stand the attention and they sing the national anthem. And then, the, and then, and then afterwards they play ball. Well, after the national anthem is over... That what was being sung has nothing to do with helping somebody score a touchdown, hello, or make a tackle, or win the ball game. It's completely something that's separate and completely different, right? Are you with me, everybody? And so, but they're just paying homage. It's just honor. It's expected. That's what we do. It's a lot of times like praying when you come to church, pray before you preach, or, 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 or pray over people that it's here, or pray over your food. And it's like, it, 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 it has nothing, you're, you're, the mechanism of prayer that you're engaging in has nothing to do with what's happening on the field of life. It's just because that's what Christians do. They pray. It's possible to pray with your mind not even engaged, your mind on something else. Now, that's not the way we were praying just a minute ago. It's not the way we were praying for Morris a minute ago. But we need to make sure that we realize, in fact, I'm asking you here to understand the gift of prayer and the power of prayer that's offered to you and, and that you, this year, my, my desire for you this year is to become a man or a woman of prayer and you think prayer first instead of prayer last. And that when you pray, it's not just because you're paying homage or you're giving honor to the fact that God wants us to pray, but you understand the power of prayer. And I want to talk about that today, everybody. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, why is prayer so important to God? I mean, you might be thinking, well, God's sovereign, so doesn't God just do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it? And does my involvement or my prayer even matter? Well, I want you to think about a few things because the will of God and how it manifests on the earth today is so important for us to understand. And it has a lot to do with the power of prayer. And so I'm asking you to open up your mind and just receive. I'm just going to teach a few minutes. And then we're going to do a bap uh, have some water baptisms. And this has already been a great day, hasn't it, to be at Christian Life? But let's see if we can get a little bit of the word inspired in our hearts to motivate us to pray. Here's what I want you to see, everybody. The first thing is that Jesus taught his disciples a lot about prayer, and specifically he taught them about praying according to the will of God. In fact, Jesus himself prayed for the will of God. I'll give you a couple examples of this. You remember in the garden, Jesus is in agony, he's praying, he's interceding, about to go to the cross, and his famous prayer is, Father, if there's any way that this cup would pass, let it pass. And then these were not just words, this was groaning, this is travailing, this is this is intense prayer, but he comes to the final thing and he says, but not my will, but thine. Not my will be done, but your will be done. You remember when the disciples asked him, will you teach us how to pray? And he said, okay, I want you to pray after this manner. This is in this Matthew chapter 6. This then is how you should pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We all got that. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You got that prayer so memorized, it was so easy for you to get it, but I want you to look at the words. Jesus said, pray this, your kingdom come. So we're praying God's kingdom come among the Wolof people in Casamance and now in Gambia. Okay, we're praying that God's will be done on earth down here as it is in heaven up there. So I want you to see this now. There's something that God already desires and has determined to do from heaven on earth but we have to pray for it to happen I want you to I want I want you to I want you to get this because God's looking for a people that will cooperate with his will I want to show you a couple of things here because God's will is what he desires and determines to happen but it can but it can happen in two ways it can happen unconditionally or conditionally. There are things that God does 
that has nothing to do with you and me. He's just going to do it. He is sovereignly going to do it. It's unconditional. But then there are things that God wants to do that is conditional upon some action, our action. And some of you probably have never really thought through this because, you know, prayer, I'm just saying to you, prayer is more than just giving honor to God. Prayer is cooperating with God and the things that he desires in heaven, there might be a condition that is placed upon that thing. So, you know, we've gotten lots of great resources online during these 21 days of prayer, and there's been a lot of great teaching. I don't know if you've even looked at it. I mean, Tony Evans has some really great stuff, and I've been, I've been immersing myself in some of the things I'm talking to you about, and I want to give you a little bit of this today. Let's talk about the unconditional will of God. That's what he's going to do whether you get involved in it or not, or whether I get involved in it or not. There are things that God has done and is accomplishing that is not conditioned upon your action or my action. But the conditional will of God, that means there are things that God desires to release from heaven to the earth that will only get done if humans cooperate with him. Now, you're like, I don't know theologically if I'm in agreement with that. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. The Bible is full of these. For instance... God desires that all mankind be saved. 2 Peter 3, verse 9. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is not willing. Everybody say, not, not willing. But that, that desire of his will that nobody perishes has a condition that's placed upon that, and that condition is humans must cooperate with his will. Can you say amen? So that God's will is tied to a condition. And there there are many things, I believe this with all of my heart, there are many things in our life that God desires for us to have that does not come merely because God desires it. it. It comes to us because it gets released when we cooperate with God in prayer. Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So is there, is there desires in heaven that God wants to release upon the earth into your life? And, and, and God is waiting until you press in in prayer and you pull down those things that God's waiting and wanting to release to you. But you're just hoping that God sovereignly is just going to do something. There are th- I'm, I'm telling you, everybody, there are things that God wants to do in your life And he's waiting for you to cooperate with his will through prayer. And this is why praying some, you know, weak, wimpy, sissified prayer is not really going to accomplish anything. Just stay with me because I'm talking to you about powerful prayer that get answered. Prayer is one of the primary mechanisms God has established to decide what and how he's going to release his will on the earth. It's not the only time because there are times when God unconditionally releases his will and he accomplishes what he's doing regardless. But there are times in our life that God, that the condition of God moving in a particular thing or a particular, over a particular need is dependent upon you being willing to press into prayer and pray that from heaven manifesting in earth. So, Prayer, earnest prayer, faith-filled prayer, it is a must. It is a must. I'm convicted by my sermon, in case you're wondering. And so if you're convicted by my sermon, I'm in the same boat. But just because I'm convicted about something or I, don't, or, or I feel weak in an area, it doesn't mean I ain't going to preach it. I am going to preach it, and we are together going to press in to the fullness that God has for us, everybody. I'm going to challenge us. James chapter 4, verse 2, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill, or you manipulate, or you even hurt others to get it. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight for it. You do not have because you do not ask God. 
When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. Okay, stay with me because I'm just showing you there's two conditions just in this very verse alone. In order for you to get a release from God, you have to ask. And the second condition is you need to ask with the right motives. The Bible is full of conditions where God is not just sovereign and say, oh, you have this. God's not like Oprah in the sky and saying, oh, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. God is looking for his people that will be so in tune to what God's will is and will pray in the spirit until God is ready to release that thing on the earth. Okay, you're not convinced. I'm going to keep preaching. So I'm going to say this. The goal of prayer is to access the heavenly desires of God and pray down his will into our present life on this earth. And, and, and some of the things that you've been struggling with in your marriage and you've just, you know, you've, you, you, you want to have, but you just like, yeah, no, I'm just going to kill her. <laughs> or you fight and you quarrel. But have you ever got down on your knees together, joined hands? And I mean prayed. Not some little surface prayer that's ceremonial or traditional. But I'm talking about travail together and say, God, enough is enough. We are going to stop quarreling, stop fighting. We are going to find God's will for our life. We're going to come into oneness and unity. And we are praying for the miraculous power of God to heal us, to forgive us, to cleanse us, to empower us, to unite us, to move us forward. Come on, God, release from heaven the promises of God into my household. Or you can keep asking one another and keep quarreling with one another. At some point, how about you try to pray? I mean, really pray. Realizing that God has a condition based on his blessings that he wants to release to you. And prayer is one of the most primary mechanisms he uses to do that. This, the, 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 the challenge here is is we don't always know what is conditional and what is unconditional. Would you probably agree with me on that? It's like, I don't care, what is God just going to do? And what is it that I need to pray that God will do so he will do? Well, we don't know. That's the reason why the scripture exhorts us over and over, pray without ceasing. That's why Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint. That's the reason why our, our foundation verse says men ought always pray and not faint. And we ought to pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. And we ought to keep on praying. Because if prayer, is, if, if prayer is needed for God to release his power and his resources into our life, then we just ought to keep praying. We ought to pray without ceasing. There are things in your life that you must not cease doing in order for you to have a healthy life. Imagine if I told you, hey, look, dude, you don't, don't cease breathing. I mean, duh. Really? Pastor, you have to tell me not to breathe? I know what happens when I don't breathe. I begin to suffer. You can only live a little while when you're not breathing. Hello, everybody? I just want you to see that there's this parallel. In your spirit, man, prayer is like breathing. Pray without ceasing. Pray when you wake up. Pray when you're driving to, the, uh, to work. Pray when you're at work. Especially pray when you're at work, right, everybody? And maybe you need to pray up before you come home for work because, you know, that helps too. And when you get home, pray. I'm not just saying, Lord, bless this food, pray. But I mean pray. And pray when you go to sleep and pray when you, work out, you wake up. Pray without ceasing on all occasions with all kinds of prayer requests. And keep on praying and stay alert. I challenge you, you here, everybody that I believe that they are incredible breakthroughs that are waiting for you and me in 2023, and it is all dependent on whether or not we're going to pray them into being, that we're going to pray for a release of God's healing, of God's financial resources, 
of whatever it is that you need a miracle, it's probably going to begin with you on your knees individually by yourself and then collectively with some people in your life. Does that challenge anybody? It challenges me. And this is why it's so always praying so we don't miss the opportunity of God to move in our life. I, I, I want you to see Romans chapter 8, 26. Now, last week, I'm glad to see everybody come back here because last week I preached on praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit, and we still got a house full of people. Glory to God. <laughs> everybody gets so wiggy about things that maybe they, they got a bias against or a bias for. We talked about praying in the Spirit. If you want to listen to that or watch that lesson, it's online. You can go ahead and see it. We didn't edit it. Whatever I taught last week, I'm still there. And I taught you about praying in the Spirit. And I'm going to show you why. I mean, our verse says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions and all, with all requests. And because Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not always know how we ought to pray, right, everybody? But the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So if you're partnering with the Holy Spirit, who knows the conditional and the unconditional will of God, and you're partnering with the Holy Spirit, and He's leading you in prayer, then you have this incredible resource. You are already equipped with an incredible resource in your partnership with the Holy Spirit to pray according to the will of God. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, we got to pray. That was kind of weak. I mean, turn to somebody else and say, we got to pray. Still kind of weak. Look at somebody and point your finger at him and say, you need to pray. Glory to God. All right, there's about 350 preachers in here right now, and some of you didn't like that finger wagging in your face. I know, but we all all right. All right, one of the most famous passages on prayer is James chapter 5. How can I not talk about James chapter 5? Let's read it, okay? I'm going to give you a few verses. James chapter 5, verse 13. New American Standard says, Is anyone suffering, anyone among you suffering, then he must pray. Stop right there. I'm just wondering, anybody in here going through some painful stuff? I wonder. Not rhetorical, real question. Anybody in here going through some difficult, painful stuff? Let me see. Raise your hand. See, I knew it. And in, in a crowd like this, there, some of us are going through some things. And we need to pray. The Bible says those of you that raise your hand, step number one, you must pray. It didn't say you should pray. It didn't say your first step is to call somebody else to pray. It says if anyone is suffering, you must pray. And so my encouragement to you is stop relying upon everybody else's prayers and start first with you pray. Okay, I'm just going to keep preaching, everybody. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying that pain is an invitation to pray. And here's another thing I want you to see, everybody, is that the scripture says, if anyone is cheerful, let him sing praises. I heard one preacher preaching on this verse, and he says, you're either praying or you're praising. And one day you might be praising, and the other day you might be praying. But because of pain, you're praying, and because you're cheerful, you're praising. And we've got a room full of some people that are praising, and some people are like, if I can just get my victory, if I can just make it through this day. Let me tell you something. God is a constant, instant source of help for you. Verse 14 and 15, is anyone sick among you? Then he calls for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing them with oil and, uh, uh, in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up, and he, if he has committed any sins, they will be forgiven him. Now, we've got to baptize some people, so I'm not going to give you an exhaustive, in-depth study on this. But can I just tell you 
that oil is representative of ministry and healing and anointing. And at the men's meeting, we anointed them, all the men that needed a miracle. We anointed them with oil and we prayed over them. And uh, on Wednesday night, when you come to Wednesday night, now I think every, we've had so many people sign up for the meal. I think they closed orders. I'm not sure you can get any food because, you know, we're not like Jesus. We're not able to multiply it yet, but we're praying for that special anointing. And, and so, but you could still come to pray. Okay, we're going to have a meal, then we're going to pray together, and I'm going to anoint anybody with oil that needs to be anointed with oil on this Wednesday, and we're going to pray over you in here just like the Word of God tells us to do. And we're, going to, and we're not going to pray mamby-pamby prayers. We're going to pray the prayers, and they're going to be offered in faith. We're going to believe God, everybody, okay? So you should show up on Wednesday. Therefore, verse 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you might be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. I, I, I love this. There's another exhortation, pray for one another. And I love this effective prayer thing. What is God saying to us here? In the, in the original Greek language, the word is energio. It's, it has to do with energy. It's that there's an energy in prayer that comes by the Spirit that's stronger than just your own will. There's, there's, a, there's an energy. So the, 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 the prayer that's prayed with energy is effective and it accomplishes a lot. A, a prayer that's energized by the Spirit of God. That's, why I, that's what I was feeling when I was out there with those men on that cold, you know, 28-degree night. Uh, but they didn't really want prayer. They wanted to eat their food. Now, now, I still believe that the prayer that the Lord was putting on my heart to pray was making a difference, even though they couldn't see it. Sometimes you can hear things before you see them. And then you have to pray according to what you hear in your spirit. Can you say amen? So effective prayer is energized prayer that pulls down the will of God, the desires that God has from heaven on earth. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. All right? James chapter 5, verse 6, 17. Then we have this amazing illustration that James gives us. And I just want to close this little teaching with this story. Take a look at it, everybody. Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. So you understand what he's saying here. He's just like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. This might just look like just some random illustration that James just pulled out of the air, but I want you to get, I want you to hear, because this is magnificent what we're being taught here. But you got to go back to the original story to understand it. And it's a big story. It's one of the biggest stories in the Bible. Ahab, Jezebel, fire from heaven, all that stuff. But what I, want, what I want you to see is that in 1 Kings chapter 18, we hear that Elijah tells King Ahab, this is after the power of God has really showed up strong, that he hears the sound of rain. And then he gets up and he prays that it rains after three and a half years of no rain. But before you really get the full impact of the story, you have to look at 1 Kings chapter 17. Because 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, he told Elijah, it's not going to rain. And according to James, Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain and it shut up the heavens. And then you come to the next chapter, chapter 18, verse 1, and God speaks to Elijah and says, Tell Ahab it's about to rain. I'm going to release the rain. And then Elijah prays. So, are, are, are you listening to me? There's something that God desires, a will, that he wants to accomplish to show his power, to deliver the people of God, and to release his fire upon the earth. And God sets it up. It's God's will. It's not going to rain. A lesson's going to be learned. Elijah agrees with God, cooperates with God, and he gets on his knees and he prays what God told him. 
He didn't just say, okay, well, sovereign God, let it be done according to your plan. No, he prayed. He got a word, and he prayed it. This is Old Testament stuff. And then one chapter later, he gets this word from God. He speaks to the prophet again. And, and by the way, I'm, can I remind you again? He's a man just like us, with a nature just like us. And so this should inspire us, because then he hears something from God. I'm ready to release the rain on the, on the, on the earth after three and a half years. So Elijah told King Ahab, verse 41, chapter 18, I hear the sound of rain. He's hearing this in his spirit because there's no thunderstorm out there. And it says that Elijah climbed up Mount Carmel, bent down and put his head between his knees. And he began praying. I find this so interesting because that position that he just described was a position that a Jewish woman would take when she's travailing in childbirth. It's not like where Carrie works, you know, and she's, they got beds and epidurals and stirrups and wires and hoses and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. It was like, dude, you find a tree, you bend down, and you push. Okay, is that good enough? And Elijah bends down in that same type of position and he begins to pray. He's travailing. He is birthing something that God wants to accomplish that he's already spoken about in the heaven. He's wanting to birth it on the earth and he's birthing it through prayer. I don't know if you can see this or not, everybody, but if you can, you begin to realize the power of prayer. And he began to pray earnestly, effectually, with energy, he's praying. Now, why is he doing that when God just said, I'm going to do it? Because God is looking for a man or a woman that is tuned in to what he wants to accomplish and will cooperate on earth with his plan that he wants to release from heaven. And when we accomplish this in prayer, then God says, there's a vessel I can use. There's a conduit that I can flow through. God, for some reason, sometimes chooses to operate in that way, most of the time that way in our lives. And he prays. And, and then after he prays for a little while, he sends a servant, and he says, you can read it in 1 Kings 18. He sends a servant, go see what you can see. He goes out, looks over the edge of Mount Carmel, and he reports back, I don't see nothing. Anybody ever prayed and you ain't seen nothing? And so he prays a little bit longer, and he, did, and he says to his servant, now go look and see what you see. He comes back, dude, there ain't nothing out there. There ain't a wisp of smoke. It's nothing but hot and dry and sunny. And he prays again seven times. Seven, how long am I supposed to pray? I don't know. I can't answer that. But God's either going to tell you yes, or he's going to tell you no, or he's going to tell you keep on praying. And so if you ain't got to know, and you think you've heard from the Lord, then you, the answer for you is to keep on praying. But it's been years. I know, keep on praying. Maybe bring some other people into your prayer circle. But maybe it's time for you to start travailing a little bit. Seven times. On the seventh time, he comes back, and he goes, um, Mr. Prophet, I saw something, but it's like about the size of a man's hand. And Elijah stood up and he told Ahab, get your horse and go, dude, because the rain's going to stop you if you don't go. And so he saddled up and he took off for 15 miles to Jezreel. Elijah, he heard the word of the Lord. He knew it was coming. He girded himself up, tucked in his things, put on his sneakers, and he ran and outran a horse. I, did you hear me? He outran the horse. He was anointed, and he outran the horse there because God moved and answered his prayer. I don't know if you have faith for prayer, but you've got to get it down in your spirit, everybody. You've got to get this. I'm going to say it one more time. There are things that God desires and has determined to do and is locked up in heaven, like the rain was locked up in, in the heavens. And when God says it's time for you to pray and believe God for it, you've got to birth something in prayer and God will open up the windows of heaven. And if you are tenacious about it and you won't quit and you'll stop being wimpy about your prayer life, maybe this year you'll see the miracle released to you this year, everybody, if you'll come into agreement with prayer.
Come on, stand to your feet, everybody. If you're weary, if you're suffering, if you're in pain, pray. And if you're so overcome and you have been praying for so long and you're tired, maybe sick and tired, call for others to help you. The prayers of others, they may anoint you, but maybe their prayer is just an anointing. And that anointing of fellowship, of, of, of compassion, it will move. Okay, everybody listen, we're moving kids in here, and some of you are like, what's going on? What's all the movement? If you're new to the church, because we've got a lot of visitors, we're going to do a water baptism. When we do water baptisms, we like everybody on the campus to be in the building. It's kind of crowded in here. But we want kids to be up here too. Uh, because you remember it's, it, it, Jesus said, you know, don't push the kids away. Let them come. Let them see. Let them be a part. That's why we had a, a, their own prayer night just the other night where families were praying with their kids. Casey, thank you. Come on. They can move over here a little bit further to the left. Glory to God. Let me pray over you. I'm going to go change a shirt, and then I'm going to come out, and we're going to baptize some people. What we're getting ready to demonstrate here is the answer to prayer. It's what God has done. What we celebrated with you knew so a while ago was, was because of prayer, amen, and obedience to the Lord. Let me pray over you right now. Father, I pray, Lord, for every person that is in here today or those that are watching online Lord, we love them. We're glad they're part of this. But we also believe, God, in the supernatural power of God, and we will not refuse it, doubt it, explain it away. We're going to press into it. There are miracles waiting to be released. There's healing and restoration waiting to be released. And so, Lord, we are committing to you that we are going to make contact with God through prayer. And thank you for that we are equipped with the leading of the Holy Spirit, with the powerful name of Jesus, and with the energy of the Spirit to be able to pray, Lord, deeply and strongly. I don't know if you get this or not, everybody, but it is an amazing thing that sovereign, almighty, creator, eternal God is inviting you into his room, into his presence, so that you can pray and commune with him. And that he is no respecter of persons. He would move in Elijah's life many, many years, centuries ago, but he'll move in our life too. If we will just listen to his voice and pray according to his will and not be discouraged about it. If you're thankful for that, why don't you just worship him? Why don't you just lift your hands? Come on, let's just worship a little bit in here. Amen. And then we're going to let these people obey the Lord in baptism.